0: with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea in your hands. So once again, we want to welcome you here this morning. My name's Joe Crumby. I'm one of the leaders here at the Meeting Place Church. And again, we want to welcome you. And it's great to have you here with us. We know we have many guests here with us. And great that you could be together for our meeting with God. And this morning in our worship time, it's great that we get to participate in expressing with our voice, with our words, with our heart, with our emotions, our love to god and to have him here his presence here and you were able to see right in front of you and be part of uh us meeting together as christians and to see spiritual gifts in action and so we had different ones that help contribute to the meeting and to be able to help build us up and for god's heart and will to be expressed to us and so just say that's a great um really sign that god's here among his people and so we had aaron share a gift of tongues that's uh, a prayer and a praise to God that's out of the overflow of his heart in a different language that he doesn't understand. And then, wow, I mean, it was great. Lauren and both Lauren and Keith brought uh, really interpretation to that and really an overflow of the heart expressing to God. And Lauren just about how we praise God from our heart and Keith just that real depth of being able to understand uh, everything that actually we're going to share in the message This morning. So I was uh, impacted knowing what was coming, and Christina sharing uh, from her heart as well, and being able to share uh, real life things that affect us and our heart issues. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about heart issues. So, church um, isn't about being superficial, church is being real with one another, and that only comes by being real with God. And so, today, we're going to look at some different things about. Really, sort of, to be honest, what I deal with um, a lot, uh, week to week, month to month, over the years, in trying to help people and lead people to Jesus and to see that, as we've been expressing this morning, that He's our Savior and what does that mean, and once we understand that, experience that, how that affects the rest of our lives. And so this morning, we're just going to take some time to walk through a lot of things that we do one-on-one with people or in small groups. We're going to do it together, and we hope that God's going to speak through it. And that we're going to understand more about him. And as we begin, let me just read out this quote. This by a guy named Maurice Wagner. And he says this. Try as we might, by our appearance, so our appearance, our performance, or our social status, to find self-verification for a sense of being somebody, we always come short of satisfaction. So you just think about the things in our world, that heart issues that we try to do to fill our lives, that we feel important and belonging and loved. It says, try as we might by our appearance, our performance, or our social status, for a sense of being somebody, we always come short of satisfaction. Whatever pinnacle of self-identity we achieve soon crumbles under the pressure of hostile rejection or criticism, introspection or guilt, fear or anxiety. And so that's just a quote just to start, that that is a lot of our lives right there as tries as we might with different things to improve our self esteem and our identity through all kinds of different things it doesn't take long for that to come crashing down as soon as we experience any sort of rejection criticism guilt even as we do some introspection we realize man i don't have it all together and where does that leave us and these are the heart issues that we're going to talk about today and so i have some different scriptures for us one right from the beginning Genesis chapter 1, we read this. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So that's a good one to teach your kids when they're scared of bugs. You say, God has given us dominion over every creeping thing. Alright? So that's a good one to quote. Alright. So God created man in his own image, In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then we go on to find out some more things. So that's one scripture we're just going to refer to. Next one comes from Galatians in the New Testament. Paul's letter to the church there. And he's just explaining again. How Jesus, and as already been prayed, we've been singing about, entered planet Earth and what his purpose was. And Paul writes this But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, that's Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. We're going to come back to this. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So isn't that great what Keith shared, being able to say the exact same thing? So you no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So we're part of God's inheritance. And then this great one, actually Christina quoted this in her, when she shared it, I was just like, thank you, Lord. And this is Jesus when he was baptized. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. So God the Father speaking, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age. So it's just interesting that God gave that blessing, the Father's blessing, before Jesus ever did anything. Okay, So these are some of the things we're going to take a look at. We're going to begin, first of all, in the beginning, God. And we read in John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, referring to Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And that's a whole message under itself, but just to say things we're going to talk about today when we talk about heart issues and we're going to be talking about things like security and our identity and our purpose in life and love and those things, we got to start with God. So we don't start with us, we start with God. And we realize from the beginning there was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we read this this is the Westminster Confession. In the unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, power, and eternity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We say it this way. The Trinity is one God who eternally exists in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, who are fully and equally God in eternal relationship with each other. And so, in the beginning, God. It blows our minds from eternity past, eternity future. One God, three persons. Whew, that's... We'll just move on. Perfect relationship. All right? That's so big. Yet, there it is. Perfect relationship. So when we think about, we're going to be talking about relationships today and why we're created and all these different things, we've got to always start with God, that God is the perfect relationship among Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Perfect unity, joy, worship, love, power, righteousness. We can talk about justice, mercy, grace, all these different things. We start with God. God is our model for relationship. Perfect relationship. Perfect relationship before planet Earth was ever created. And out of God's goodness, he created man and woman. And he wasn't lonely. He didn't need anyone. I was out of sheer grace that he even created. He was perfect and satisfied within the Godhead. And we realize, so these are the three, four things we're going to talk about today. Love. We're going to talk about identity, security, and purpose. And we have to realize, as we read in 1 John, that God is love. When we talk about love, we start with God. God is love. He doesn't just have love. God is love. And you can read it in 1 John 4. John, the beloved of Jesus, goes to great lengths to explain that God is love. God is light. God is love. And how God demonstrated his love for us through his son, Jesus. We realize this. God's secure in His identity. And when Moses in the Old Testament, God called Moses to go and bring his people out of Egypt and out of slavery, and he said, "God, who am I to go? I'm weak, I'm nobody. Who am I going to say?" That you, know, sent me. And God said to him, "I am who I am. You say, "I am sent you." So that's a pretty succinct uh, identity of God. I am." always was, is, and will be. And Jesus revealed that God is Father. So when Jesus came on planet Earth, he's the first one who came and said, and you can read it, when he, the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he said, our Father in heaven. John 17, when he was praying for all the things that were going to happen, he starts out, my Father. Okay? That's a radical thing. Great I am okay, who can whew, blow us away. Holy God, okay, we can't even come before created the universe and cosmos and everything with the power of His Word. Yet we get to call Father as Jesus did. That's His identity. God's secure, okay? He's the great I am who was and is and is to come. He's the Lord God everlasting, from everlasting to everlasting. He's secure. God always says this in the Bible it's fascinating. Hey, when people are scared and people are fearful, God always says this, fear not, for I am with you. And he said it to Moses, you're going to go, you say, I am sent you, and I am with you. And you see that phrase repeated all throughout the Bible with God's people. I am with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. And he says that in the New Testament all the way. And Jesus quoted the Old Testament when he sent it and said, fear not, I'm with you, I will be with you. Always. So God's presence, we can be secure. And this is kind of a funny one, but what's the purpose of God? (laughs) Before creation, before sustaining earth, before salvation, purpose of God, God glorifies and enjoys himself. So that's a hard one to get our heads wrapped around. But if there was anything else for God to be satisfied and enjoy and worship, he wouldn't be God. So God's satisfied, Worshipping and enjoying the presence, Father, Son, Spirit. Now, we see God in his goodness created the first Adam. We read, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created him. And we see that Adam and Eve are made in the image and likeness of God. They bear the image of God. That's how they were made. Okay, And we see this. They walked with God. They had relationship. They had relationship with God. They walked in the garden, Eden with God. That's incredible to think about. God who created them, they walked with God. And there's oneness between husband and wife. Okay? God put them together. He said the two become one flesh and there was a oneness. says they were naked and they weren't ashamed. Okay? Powerful. Now here's what well, we have to realize that because Adam and Eve are our first parents here on planet Earth, what happened to them happens to us. So originally, this was our original intent. We were created by love. So you can go through and you can see that God created us out of love. That's how we created Adam and Eve. We can see we were created for love. So there's something wired in us because we're made in the image of God that we're created for love. And we're going to get uncomfortable here in a minute, all right? Because this is hard issues. We're created to receive love, and we're created to give love. Now, I'm going to help us out this morning, because I'm going to help myself. And I find it, especially for guys, but for some women as well, we hear this phrase a lot, okay? We want to be intimate with God. And to be honest, as a guy, I hate that phrase at one time. We talk about intimacy with God. As a guy, I don't know about other guy, but that freaks me out. Okay. I can think about being intimate with my wife, but being intimate with God, whew, that's a weird concept. That's a weird thing to understand. So I'm going to help you out, okay? A guy named Jack Frost, that's his real name. It's true. I was at a conference once, and the two main speakers were Jack Winter and Jack Frost. I kid you not, that is a true, that is a true story, okay? A guy named Jack Frost, who since passed away, um, and many of us have used a lot of his teaching that really helped us out in something. He just has a simple, okay, definition of intimacy that helped me so much, okay? And maybe this will help you too. This is all he says for intimacy. He says this, intimacy is a willingness to know and be known by others. Let me just say that again. That really helps me out. Intimacy is a willingness to know and be known by others. That's how we're created. We're created to be intimate. That is, we're created with a willingness to know, to know God and to know other people, and be known by God and to be known by others. That's how we originally were made. That's how Adam and Eve were. I hope that helps you out. Okay, they were secure in their identity. They were called by God. They were rooted by God. They were named by God. That's all they knew was God was there. What God said about them, that's what they believed. They were secure. Hey, okay? they didn't have any shame. They walked naked one another and with God. That's just like woo. Okay? They had no shame. Okay? they were provided for in the Garden of Eden. God provided. They were protected. They trusted God. They had a sense of belonging. They knew who they were belonging to. God and one another. And their purpose was this. They were to be good stewards of God's creation. Okay, So God said, hey, you take care of these things. So do you do my. You take care of my creation. He asked them to obey. Only one thing I don't want you to do. There's this one tree. Knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. Everything else is yours. That's all he asked them. And they were to glorify God. They were to worship God. They were to trust God. And that probably looked many different ways. The bad news is this. Adam Adam and Eve both sinned. And here's the consequence. They ate from the tree. They believed the devil. And that's the whole thing we talked about a couple weeks ago. And Adam will come back to that a little bit next week when he speaks. And we read this from Genesis. The effects of sin. Paradise lost. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? As if God didn't know where he was. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Okay? So when sin, when they disobeyed God and sin entered the world, there's consequences for their actions. And we see that the Bible says clearly there was death. There was a spiritual death. Okay? They were separated from God. That perfect relationship was ruined. And there was spiritual death. So they were placed outside of the garden, and eventually they died. The relationship with God was broken. They were cursed. They had God's blessing and the consequences. God said, don't do this. They disobeyed and there's consequences. They were cursed. And the oneness between male and female, between husband and wife, was fractured. And here we are thousands of years later and we see the results still today of the consequences of sin. That we are, without a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we're spiritually dead. Bible says we're dead in our sins. We're missing that relationship with God. We also physically die as we see every day. And if you haven't been around death very much, you just need to take one visit to the hospital. You just spend one day in the hospital, just walking around and you visit different people, and death is around every day. There's a that's one of the consequences of sin. We physically die, and all the things that go with it. Our relationship with God's broken, and all the things we're going to look at have now, from all the good to all the pain and all the fractured things that go with it between our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, between husband and wife, between people. And we see these things love that we're made for, we're created for in God's image, that we are created to give, we're created to receive, we're created for, quickly gets perverted. And all these things that happen. So love, which should be, we think God is love, that should be like, right away, one of the greatest truths and just one of the greatest uh, joys and things that should be the easiest to believe, is really one of the hardest to believe. And if I were to ask you, okay, here's a piece of paper, write down... When I say the word God, what things come into mind? And you were to write just some of the first things. How would you describe God and all that? Okay? I think honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, saying God is love would be a hard one to write down. Because all of a sudden that word love gets associated more with pain than God. And it gets perverted really quickly. And we have to deal with things like shame, abuse. Okay? We have to deal with love that gets perverted. So anything... You can think of. I mean, we can go the whole gamut. You just took the porn industry, for example. That's perverted what people think is love. And that's an epidemic in our society. And all the consequences that come with it that are negative. There's a whole shame that goes with it. There's the abuse of love. There's the abuse of manipulation, domination, control. There's the absence of love. Okay, The people who should give love Don't give love. And people should say, I love you. Don't say, I love you. And people that should give affirmation, don't give affirmation. Love gets confused with lust. That everything is for me, 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 and I want it now. And we see that in our relationships. It has to do with power. Our identity is really messed up. We get really confused. And we go from one extreme of pride, that everything is about me and what I've accomplished and my status, all those things, to our possessions, to our positions, to our independence. Okay? And this isn't all of these things, folks, are not an exhaustive list. Okay, you can write a lot more down for every one of them, but I think you get the point of how we've fallen short. Our security, we have to deal with rejection. That's probably one of the biggest things we all have to face. Because we all have to face the issue of rejection in some way, shape, or form. You might not label that at the beginning, but as we work through things, a lot of times you realize rejection is a huge issue. You can be rejected by your parents. You can be rejected by those in authority. You can be rejected by siblings. Bullying, a lot, is equals, a lot of times, rejection, doesn't it? And the pain that comes with it. All these different things. You talk about fear. Oh, goodness. Anxiety how we all concerned about our performance, control. And what do these things? They build up walls so that we keep everybody out. So if I can have some sense of control, and folks, this happens even a lot of times in church, doesn't it? We get very religious because we put up our walls because we're afraid for people to really, we talk about that word intimate, for us to know God and for us to be known by God for us to know others, for others to actually know who I am. And our purpose, as Alan Rose said so well last week, really becomes self-preservation. So it's the fight or flight. And we can see that in all kinds of different aspects of our lives. We're going to fight things out or we're just going to run away. And we can get bitter, we get other passions, whether it be sports or music or education or recreation, whatever it is, other passions take over. And we have to ask ourselves, what's our inward motivation for why we live? What's life all about? So folks, that's just in a nutshell. Those are the effects of sin. And you can see how God's here. We're created in God's image and how things were in the beginning and how sin ruined Adam and Eve and how all the way through it ruins for us. And folks, when we're born here on planet Earth, we're born in Adam, the Bible says. We're born in that lineage. That's our DNA that comes with it. But the good news is this. This is always the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that we have a second Adam, the God-man Jesus. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And the good news, the hero of the story, and this grand story of the Bible is Jesus Christ. He's come, and what Adam failed to do, Jesus Christ has done. And we see this with Jesus. He was fully God, born of the Holy Spirit, fully human, born of Mary, and he is the perfect image of God. And we can read in the book of Hebrews, he's the exact representation of God. We can read in Colossians 1, as Alan did last week, about Jesus being the image of God, the perfect image of God. So the second Adam is made in the image of his Father. So Jesus is the Father here on earth. And we see that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, that Jesus obeyed God. And we saw a couple of weeks ago, remember we did that passage in Luke, how the devil tempted Jesus about a lot of these things, about his identity, about his security, about love, all these different things. And Jesus said, no, it is written, and he obeyed his Father. And Jesus, we see going around, even his little boy said, I'm about my Father's business. And he would... We, See him talking to his disciples. Disciples, hey, why don't we do this? He said, no, my Father in Heaven wants me to do this. And he obeyed the Father's will. And he was obedient to his death on the cross. We're in the garden, in his knowing what was coming, and his vulnerability with God, as he cried out, God, if there be any other way for this to happen, please make it so. And at the end of his prayer, he said, not my will, but Father, your will be done. And he went to the cross. And isn't it interesting? Jesus was naked on the cross. Okay? From one extreme, Adam, the first Adam, naked, no shame, walking with God. To the second Adam, going to the cross to pay the price for the penalty for our sins. Naked before God and everyone else saying, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus took on all the hurt, We have to remember these things, these two vital truths. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin, for all the things we've done wrong. But he did this as well. He took on the cross all the hurt and all the shame, all the injustice, all the pain, everything that's been done to us, he took that on the cross as well. He's our propitiation. He was the sacrifice that the wrath of God was satisfied with And the wrath of God and all the justice of God went on him. That's propitiation. God was satisfied that justice had to be served. The penalty had to be paid. And Jesus paid the penalty. But he's our expiation as well. He takes away all the pollution from our emotions and our memories and all those things that would seek to paralyze us. And as we're trying to teach our kids, talk to Micah, this morning as he's talking about sin and how do you get forgiven everything, and we went through 1 John 1 and into chapter 2. The Bible says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins because Jesus paid the penalty. But it also says this, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a cleansing that takes place when we come to the cross, when we come to Jesus, and we realize we can be forgiven. Hallelujah. We realize nothing we can do to earn that. It's a gift from God. But God also does this. He not only forgives us by His Holy Spirit and by the washing of His Word, He supernaturally, He cleanses us from the effects of sin as well. Folks, that's the best news on planet Earth. That we can be healed. So when Christina, with tears this morning, saying there's nothing that's too broken that God can't heal. Hallelujah! Jesus has healed can bring healing because he's taken everything to the cross. So it doesn't matter in one sense what you've done or what you struggle with. Okay? We have our big sins and we have our hidden sins. When we're honest before God, and this is the part where intimacy comes in, we have to be honest before God. We can't hide things. In that same verse okay, John says, if we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. You see, there's an aspect of us getting right with God that affects our relationships with each other. And that's what Jesus made possible. And as we saw before, in that, Jesus defeated Satan. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, okay, Satan came in and usurped their authority and became little G God of planet Earth. And Jesus has come back, and on the cross, he defeated Satan A stake in the ground, a literal stake in the ground with the cross. And Jesus, as the tomb was rolled away, his father resurrected him with the power of God. Jesus now is king. And he's taking over and taking back his creation. So John's word about the tires being rubbish, but God using them. That's us, our lives. We were lost without God. We were stuck in the first Adam. But God rescues us and he puts us in Christ as we're going to see. And we see this. Jesus knew his dad. And Jesus didn't seek love from other sources. He sought them from his Father in heaven. And he was able to understand before he did anything, it wasn't based on his performance, it was based on the unconditional love of God. Jesus, this is my beloved son. His identity is, you are my beloved son. So Satan would try to tempt him. He came back to, it is written. He was secure. He knew his dad was pleased with him. And his purpose was to glorify his father, to do his father's will. That's our second Adam. That's our hero. That's our savior, Jesus Christ. What the first Adam failed, Jesus fulfilled. Hallelujah. And we want to get from the first Adam into the second Adam. And that's the good news. When we talk about responding to the gospel, when we talk about responding and receiving Jesus Christ, into our lives to be Lord and Savior, we're being transferred from the old into the new. And when you get in Christ, when Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you receive the Holy Spirit, the gift from God, as we confess our sins, as we repent, as we're humble before God, as we say, God, there's no other way I can save myself. I turn to you. I find everything, my satisfaction in you. And we put our trust in Jesus. We're born again. He fills us with His Holy Spirit. Then positionally, we are in Christ. We're not in the old Adam anymore. We're born again in a new Adam, in Jesus. And we read this in Galatians. Paul says, and because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father! So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So your identity no more is you're a slave to sin. Now, you're a son of God. And Jesus is our older brother and we see this jesus as our access to our father in heaven hallelujah and don't be fooled by the complaints that christianity is too narrow-minded and doesn't let people and all that okay here's the truth jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me that's the narrow road but anyone can go to jesus so you've got to understand the difference. Anyone can come to Jesus. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter your color. doesn't matter your sexual orientation when you come to Jesus. It doesn't matter how good your past is or how bad your past is. We come to the Father through Jesus Christ. And that's open for anyone. Jesus was able to say, if anyone's thirsty, come to me. You'll receive living waters. He didn't say, if you're just Jewish, come to me. If you're just a Gentile, come to me. If you're just a man, come to me. If you're just a woman, if you're just old, if you're just young, if you're just spiritually mature, if you're an idiot, okay? He said, if anyone is thirsty, come to me. That's the first thing. And as I've said many times before, We don't clean our lives up in order to get to God. We come to God and he helps clean our lives up. When Angela, one of our kids, went somewhere along the way, we had a cleaning company come to help clean our house. Guess what I did before they came? I cleaned the house. (laughs) A lot of times we try to get right with God by trying to clean up our own lives before we ever come to him. And the first thing we do is we come to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm thirsty. I don't know what else to do. And that takes humility. We humble ourselves and we come to Jesus. And as we come to Jesus, he'll help us get our lives right with God. When we're in Christ, we have access to our Father in Heaven. Not only do we have access, this is the ultimate thing. The Spirit of God comes to live within us. So I try to clean up my house on my own strength when I'm missing the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I try to stop sin without the Holy Spirit in my life. And I can only do so good, okay? And then I fail because I'm missing the Spirit of God. And I try to be nicer and I try to be good, but I'm missing the Holy Spirit who brings the fruit of the Spirit in my life. We need the Spirit of God in order for us to know and love God and to love others. We come that whole issue of love. Instead of looking for love everywhere else, we find love actually in our Father in Heaven. And as Gary's done so well before, teaching so many times about how our view of our earthly father can sabotage us seeing God as Father, we need to experience the the love of God through the Word of God, that we understand truth. We also need the experience of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5 says, pours the love of the Father into our hearts. So it's fact, even if we don't feel it. We believe. It says, God loves us. He's demonstrated His love for us. We are children of God. It's fact. You can't change it. But it's great when the experience comes to confirm the fact. And some of us, have the experience first, and then we explain to you what just happened. <laughs> but it's a love that only comes from God. And folks, if you want to be healed, only the love of God can do that. Okay? It was great, John Calhoun. I was so proud of him this morning, right? He's learning, okay, in a public way how to pour out his heart to God. It's a vulnerable thing. Okay? takes a lot of courage. Hey, eh? you're playing guitar, and it's easy when the words are up there. It's harder when out of the overflow of your heart, you just start singing your love to God. I was so proud of him <laughs> this morning. He's not even here to hear that. You guys will have to tell him afterwards, all right? Because that's a vulnerable thing. To be able to say, God, I don't, you know, I just want to sing my love to you. He can only do that because the love of God has changed him. And this was already prayed out this morning, okay? We love John or Keith even said it, because God first loves us. Okay? Folks, you can spend decades in counseling. Okay? But when the love of the Father okay, pours out in your heart and you get cleansed from the sin that you've done, and you get cleansed and healed up from the sins done to you, okay? that brings true freedom and a healing then we can get our identity and what Jesus says about us. That we can know that we're adopted, that we're chosen. And oh, this is such a great one. We're accepted by God. Ah, oh. Being a perfectionist, this is a wonderful truth. Because I'm on the end of really wanting everything in order. And if I can just get my to-do list done, then God will be proud of me. And to realize, God already accepts me. Gives me motivation to then live for Him. What a difference! It seems like the same. I might actually end up doing the same things, but the reason for what I'm doing them and is totally different. Instead of striving to please God, and if I just get not really knowing where I stand, to just say, "God, before I even start today, You love me and You accept me because You love me just like You love Your Son Jesus." <laughs> what a change! And then there's a freedom that comes. To be able to then love God and love others. It's a radical thing. And we're secure. We know we have a sovereign Lord. Okay? We, live, we still live in a sick world. We still live in a fallen world. We still live in a world full of sin. But we have a sovereign Lord. So we can read Romans 8 in its entirety. And know that, hey, if I'm following God, He's filling me with His Spirit. He's got purposes and plans. And you know what? Bad things are still going to happen. But He's working all things together for good. Because He's called me. He's chosen me. He's sanctifying me. Okay? And nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. When you got that anchor, that changes everything. When we realize that we've got a good Father in heaven. How many times did Jesus try to explain to His disciples, the people of this day, you've got a good Father. Okay? Hey, Ask for you who are evil. Dads, you're not very good. But when your son or your child asks for a stone, you're not going to give him a scorpion. You ask for an egg, you're not going to give him a rock. Okay? You who can give good gifts even though you're not that great and evil, how much more your Father in Heaven is going to give good gifts to you, especially when you ask for the Holy Spirit. We've got to make sure God's renewing our mind that we understand who God really is. He's a good Father. Folks, He brings us into a family. Okay? We don't have to go chasing after being in a gang to feel secure and belonging. We belong in the family of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And we've got a great future. My securities in heaven. As Kevin prayed out earlier, we've got a great future. Okay? And though my flesh might be destroyed here on planet Earth, okay, I know I'm going to live with him in paradise forever. And my purpose for life changes it's to glorify God. It's to love Jesus as Son, it's to enjoy God, it's to obey God, it's to serve God. So that changes everything, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're widowed, divorced, whether you're young, old, rich, poor. We can all have the same purpose, it just might manifest itself in different ways and look different. But it's to glorify God. Okay? I want to please my dad, not because I have to out of striving to get accepted. I'm already accepted, therefore I get to live and I want to please my father in heaven. I want to obey Jesus because I know what he's done for me. I want to listen to the Holy Spirit inside of me. Because actually when I obey God, listen to this, when I obey God, I actually will feel happiness and joy more than what I'm tempted to find in lesser things. We get to serve God. We get to partner with God. Now in closing, the question is this. If we're honest with ourselves, and this is the part that's awkward, awkward, awkward. It's great to talk about. It's hard when we take a time out and say, how am I? Do I really know about Jesus? How do I view God? Do I even think about God? Do I even believe God exists? If I do think he exists, okay, is he a judge? Is he a lawyer? Is, what's my view of God? What's my view of Jesus? And from those, what's your view of yourself? Big questions we need to always come back to. I won't do the country version. I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, sorry, I couldn't resist on that one. I grew up on country, so I, got, I come out with the country one line. You didn't even know that was even a country song. So anyways. Whew. Truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, we're all looking for love. We're all looking for love. And the question is, where are you looking? We're all looking for love. We're created in the image of God, and God is love, but sin mars that and distorts it and perverts it. And we see a remnant of it in every part of society all around the world. The question is, we're all looking for love. Where are we finding that answer? What's our identity? So many, we're unsure, we're confused, we're trying to fit in who, what defines us security? Are we trusting in ourselves, our money, our job? All these different things. Our health, our family. Folks, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Okay, a lot of these things are good things, but if they replace God, we're in trouble. What's our purpose? The question I asked this morning is, Here today. Every day. You have the option because of Jesus Christ. To receive the Father's love. You have the option, the ability. Not in your own strength, but through Jesus Christ your son. Don't worry about that. You keep focused up here, alright? You have, because of Jesus, a choice to make. And I believe here this morning, all my heart. His Holy Spirit draws us to His Son, Jesus. And I believe this morning, many of you are thirsty. Now that might express itself in different ways, but the Holy Spirit is drawing you this morning to realize that you can only be satisfied in God. Let me just read a couple quotes to you and we'll end on this. This is from John Piper from his book, Future Grace. He says this, At the heart of saving faith, Is a delight in who God is and a satisfaction in all that God is for us in Jesus. Let me say that again. At the heart of saving faith, that's coming and putting our trust in Jesus, is a delight in who God is and a satisfaction in all that God is for us in Jesus. We all need to find in God Himself the all satisfying treasure of our lives and turn away from the futile striving. Of the unsatisfied flesh. Satan and sin promises happiness. And we buy the lie. So the question is today. Do we trust Jesus when he says. If you want happiness. and You want life. You come to me. Or are we going to believe the lie. Of the world, the flesh and the devil. that porn, sex outside of marriage, all that will keep you happy, or your money, and your striving, in your job, or your good health, and your family, and your possessions, and your recognition. Those are the choices we have. And folks, we're making those choices whether we realize it or not. And this morning, by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, Jesus says to us this morning, if you are thirsty here this morning, As he said 2,000 years ago, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of you will flow rivers of living water. Let me pray, and then we'll have an opportunity to respond. Father in heaven, we thank you today that you're here right now by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that through your word, through the demonstration of your son Jesus, we know that you're a good father. And Father, we thank you that we know that we're created in your image Sin messes it up, but we thank you for Jesus, our second Adam, our Savior, who redeems us and restores us and heals us and brings us back into relationship. We thank you that we have the spirit of adoption, that we can cry out, Abba, Father. We thank you that we can be satisfied in you. And Father, I pray this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you draw people to Jesus today, maybe for the first time, to know him as Lord and Savior. God, would you bring back prodigals, Lord, who have been tasting other foods trying to be satisfied, God. When they come back to Jesus Christ this morning. God, I pray, Lord, even for some of us who at one point were religious, God, doing all the right things, but God, our heart is cold. God, we're thirsty for you. God, we want to respond to you. Come, Holy Spirit, do what you do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, our time's almost gone. Hey, I'm just going to ask John to come. Okay, he's just going to play. Okay? We just want to give an opportunity to respond this morning. Okay, we don't do this very often on a Sunday morning because you got lots to do in your life groups and everything. Okay, but just before you go get the kids, okay, just give one minute. Okay? God's speaking to you here this morning. There's no shame in responding to Him. Okay, there's no shame in being able to say, "I need help." There's no shame in being able to say. I want to learn more about Jesus. I want prayer. I want to talk more. There's no shame in those things. Actually, it's very courageous. And folks, this is a safe place here this morning. God's here right now. Some of you might not know us very well. Can I just say this is a safe place here this morning for you to be dealt with in a respectful way, but for you to experience the love of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And just as John plays, we're not going to draw it out to be a long thing. But I want to give this opportunity. If you want prayer, if you want to talk more, if you want any of those things to understand more, then you come, okay, in the next minute, right, and you respond. You take that first step. You might not understand everything. We might need follow-up meetings. That's okay. But you need to take a first step. But if you're thirsty here this morning, you can respond and you can come to Jesus. Okay? So let's stand together. John's just going to lead us through.